Welcome to the Marvel Marvelous Cinema Podcast. I'm your co-host, Henry Murray, and this is my other co-host. Matthew. There we go. As well. <laughs> uh, today our topic is about the movies that we've watched during lockdown. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a lot because I've been so bored. <laughs> so bored. It's been a, it's been a it's been an unusual time. Yeah. So I thought let's let's capitalize on it. Yeah. Because you know I've been watching like ten movies every two days maybe. <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I've watched a lot. I've only actually really written down some of the ones I've watched in the last few weeks. Yeah. But I've, I've got a few films and a few TV shows. Yeah. I've got a few TV shows as well. Um, mm. so you want me to start off? Go on then. Let's go yes. for it. So I have been just binging um, Mad Men recently. Oh, and interesting. Mad Men's a very interesting show. Because if I told you what it's about, you would never watch it in a million years. Because it's just men in offices doing <laughs> office work and nothing beyond that really happens. But, like, it's fascinating to watch these, like, just horrible people in the 1960s just being horrible and the world just allows them to be that horrible. <laughs> and there's about seven seasons and all it is is just... The 60s are really bad. It's <laughs> the whole point. And, uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it, um, even though it's just office work, really. Um, but, I yeah. I think I've, I've seen the first few, I mean, the first two episodes, I think. Okay. Um, for people that don't know, do you, want, do you want to try and explain what it is about, other than... Uh, okay. Is it, isn't it a, a marketing firm? Yeah, yeah, they're a marketing firm. So, like, it's, they're advertising for anyone that wants them to advertise their product. And uh, it's the main character is a guy called Don Draper, and he's like at the first episode he's like a very like he's like James Bond but American, and that's the whole thing. And then at the end of this episode, he like goes home to a family and kids and a wife, and you're like, oh, this guy's just the worst guy ever, because <laughs> he's he's just. And also, when they're at work, they just drink alcohol the entire time. So like, imagine working in an office, but. You're halfway through a meeting, a very serious workplace meeting, and you just go to a corner in a room and get like a, a glass of whiskey and just down it. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how they were awake the entire day because um, they drink whole bottles of whiskey in one day during work. Um, but yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's like it's more like a thematic, like symbolic show than anything else. Like it's kind mm-hmm. of about masculinity more than anything else, really. And there's a lot of different examples of like older men and younger men and like trying to recapture your youth when you're older, even though that means like cheating on your wife and stuff like that. And yeah, there's no, I mean, like there might be one or two likable characters, but no one there is likable, but I keep on watching it. <laughs> it's Have you watched it all the way through? Um, season six out of seven so far. Cool. cool. So, Would you say you enjoyed them? I am, I am really enjoying it, yeah, but it's hard to describe why it's good. <laughs> So what have you been watching? So I'm going to start with something I started at the beginning of lockdown. Oh. So people may remember, for the for the people in British lockdown, I can't remember the exact date, <laughs> but it started the exact same day that Disney Plus launched. Did it? Yeah, the exact same day. I did not realise this. So, now people, please don't switch off when I say this. <laughs> but the, the first uh, things I've... Been, I've been working my way through. Mm-hmm. It's technically two things. 
Okay. But I'm counting them as the same thing because it's technically a sequel. Right. Um, but I started watching Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Ah, right, okay, I see. I, I finished Rebels maybe a week or two ago. I haven't finished Rebels yet, but I have finished Clone Wars. Yeah, and of course, in that time, the final season for The Clone Wars was mm. released. Yeah. And I watched it all the way from, from the beginning, including the movie. The movie as well? There's a movie. Oh, I, I skipped that whole... Yeah, I skipped that. <laughs> Did you? I heard bad things. Well, yeah, I kind of wanted to, but at the same time, it introduces... The Sorka. I say introduces characters. It introduces two characters. Yeah, right. A Shorka, and that's... A Sorka? A Sorka and Rex. Oh, Rex. Really. Okay, right. It's Rex's first appearance. Ah. And going through them, because I wanted to go through them, mainly because I'd heard a lot of good things about it. Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, I knew the... Um, the final season was coming. Yeah. But by that time, I think, I think some of the episodes had been released for people mm-hmm. in America. All right, America. Um, I know. God damn. And any any many anybody who says that the Clone Wars is a kids show. <laughs> yeah. Some arcs in particular. Yeah, they're that. It's a. I think it starts off kind of like a normal kids show. That's a Star yeah. Wars. But I think like season two or three, it just it becomes its own like story and it's just good, you know. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really refines really its feet. Yeah. And it's um it's strange because it's it's obviously like it's an anthology mm-hmm. show. Yeah. So that there are arcs yeah. that don't necessarily flow on from each other. Mm-hmm. And it's also in a in a bit of a weird order. Yeah. It makes it's no not, sense. <laughs> yeah, it's not in timeline order. Like some episodes that happen in like series four. Mm-hmm technically happen right at the start about before the movie I don't understand that choice you know <laughs> but yeah so as I sort of watched it I don't know it just it just made me feel really happy because it reminded <laughs> me and reintroduced me yeah. to several characters that I knew and liked as a kid yeah and then now I realise why I like them and why they are probably some of my favourite Star Wars characters yeah Obi-Wan <laughs> Obi-Wan yeah but mainly Oh well, yeah, Obi Wan and Anakin, but also mainly Ahsoka. Yeah, same Ahsoka. I think she grows so much as well. Yeah. What they do with the clones throughout it. Yeah. Because I mean, when you have them in uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just, just uh, they're just like cardboard cut out of people, aren't they? <laughs> really. There they are. Yeah. But like, they make them real, like real people, mm-hmm. and that's probably exemplified through Rex, who is, yeah. you know, he's the main clone. The big boy. Yeah, the, 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 the main man. Yeah. <laughs> who, yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's just what, what, it, what it does with the character, with the clones and making them more human yeah. and making you feel like sympathy for them. Yeah. As well. It really just, it also stuck with me what something that Dave Filoni, who created the show, yeah. said, to, said in an interview. He said that, um, what he's always trying to do is trying to enhance Star Wars. Mm, okay. And also sort of enhance what George Lucas originally made. Yeah. Well, I think that's just... What I find, like, fascinating about Clone Wars when I watched it was, like, it was almost like a soft reboot of the prequels, almost. Yeah. Because, like, imagine the prequels, but you liked Anakin and Obi-Wan was a character and <laughs> there was more going on than politics. It was essentially like a soft reboot with the same characters. 
And mm. I just remember thinking it was fascinating how much I loved Anakin in this show. But in the movies, I'm not, I don't hate him. As, I'm just indifferent towards the character of Anakin in the movies. He's mm. a bit weird sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I really love the Clone Wars. Just like, it makes me look back on the prequels in like a better light in general. Like I, yeah. I kind of, because I rewatched, I guess there's another thing on my list, but I rewatched Star Wars, like the whole thing when it came out on Disney Plus because it was in 4K and all that. And I remember the prequels specifically being, like, I didn't, I wouldn't say I liked them all of a sudden, but um, I definitely had appreciation for them in a deeper level than I ever had before. Yeah, I think the Clone Wars, it, it does, the series just enhanced them. Mm-hmm. And it, particularly the final arc. Yeah. I'll say, I'm not gonna, we're not going to go into spoilers, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who yeah. wants to see it. But the final arc is incredible. It really is, yeah. It's like a whole... It is. It's a movie in itself, really. Yeah, you know, like the whole all the graphics change to yeah. red. Yeah. And they have like their own episodic titles and it's in separate arcs and yeah. it is it's just incredible. Yeah. Is I, I I do want to do something on it, like a, a like a video or Yeah. So just something I need to explain why it's just, just so <laughs> this guy could have point across. <laughs> I know. Because yeah. Yeah. I would recommend if you're watching episode three that it's you should probably also watch that alongside it, the yeah. final arc. Cause, yeah, because little bits happen where you know it intersects like mm. some things like they um, at the start of the the arc, Anakin and Obi Wan mentioned going off to save the Chancellor. Yeah, and then in the <laughs> Battle of Coruscant. Yeah, and then we know what happens, but in the TV show, the next time we see him, it's like. 10 years later and he's in Darth Vader uniform <laughs> yeah and it's just a really good ending like oh. mm, it is the imagery as well itself because no, there are no words or anything yeah the entire from the entire sort of last few minutes are just visuals yeah just wrapping up everything with just like what people are doing instead of saying yeah mm. and also I think Star Wars recently had a bit, bit of a, like a, a good time in general like Clone Wars, Mandalorian, and Episode Nine. Like, yeah, I think they're like they're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, they are. They do seem to be. Yeah, I'm happy for them. I was also very happy to see that at the final arc, to the Clone Wars has pretty much received universal praise, which yeah. is very rare. Very rare for anything. Yeah, and B for Star Wars, that's double so. God, I couldn't. I couldn't believe how much people were loving it. <laughs> I was so surprised. Um, mm. Yeah, Star Wars. What a I, fun fan base. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I do quite like Rebels as a sequel show. I do as well, yeah. Rebels. The, the first series is mostly a little bit of filler. Yeah, kind of. And it's getting to know the characters, but the finale to season one is great. Yeah. And for me, season two is where it really picks off, where they introduce some characters from the Clone Wars. Yeah. I, um... I... My only big problem with um, Rebels is that I really can't... I really don't like the animation that much. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I'm really not a fan of that style. Yeah, because I, I love the um, Clone Wars like puppet-looking like animation, especially in, think, yeah. in the last season. Um, but like I just, the, the Rebels animation is very Disney, like a Disney XD sort of <laughs> thing, you know? It is, yeah. 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 It really hurt me, like, liking the show, but I did like it in terms of, like, writing and everything else. Yeah, the characters are good and what happens is just the animation's a little distracting, particularly yeah. as well when you have characters that are in the Clone Wars 
Yeah, oh my god, yeah. The the rebels, Anakin. Yeah, <laughs> it's odd, isn't it? <laughs> Strange. Never Yoda as well. Oh, yeah, that's 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 probably the worst one. Yeah, that. That's well, just not Yoda. It's, it's like a, it's like his uncle or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird. Although, choice. yeah, the, the animation is pretty good, but I would like to say that the little bit of him, like the, with the soaker in it in Rebels. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a little bit, little bit sad, you know. Yeah, I think so, Rebels for Ashoka in general is all the sadness. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a lot of it. I'm also surprised to know how much like. Um, it's minus minus spoiler. Okay. How much Rex is in it? Yeah, he's like a, I just thought he was in like the, the odd one. Same. But he's in he's in quite a lot of them. The majority, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just there. I like his beard. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the theory that he's that he is in Return of the Jedi? I was gonna, I was going to mention this because I think this is when I heard this, mm. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it is canon, I think. Is it? Oh, okay. I think it's canon. That would be... I would like that. I, don't, I would love that, actually. <laughs> Have you... Um, you think I haven't finished Rebels? I haven't finished it, no. I, I won't, I'm I won't on, say that point. I'm on the last season, but I'm like a quarter of the way through. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're in for a treat. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very good. Okay. There are some very sad bits. <laughs> and look forward One bit to in particular is um You trying to um, <laughs> Yeah uh, because um yeah I'm I'm pretty sure it's canon that Rex is yeah. on that door. I think yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah, you, is, you yeah. know how much love sadness in movies and in TV shows. <laughs> I want sadness, otherwise it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Meaningless yeah. without sadness. Right. So I've I've talked quite a bit about that. So. Yeah. It's a big show. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. to talk about. Um, okay, so the next movie on my list is The Italian Job. Like, the old one. The, um, the Ma- old one? Yeah, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton? Michael Caine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I um, I enjoyed this movie, but I want to talk about like old blockbusters and how weird they were in general. Because mm-hmm. I don't... I Okay. James Bond, a franchise that mm-hmm. I I think is fine for the most part. I enjoy Casino Royale and Skyfall and GoldenEye and the rest I can take them or leave them. Um, <clears throat> but what I notice in all blockbusters is the fact that it's, it's so awkwardly like silent, a lot of it. I don't know if you notice this in all movies sometimes, but um, it's just like the, people walk across the entire corridor to get to a room where the plot happens. But the camera will show them walking across the entire corridor silently with no music or anything like that. And they get to the door and then the plot starts. And I'm thinking, why would you ever keep in that entire one minute walk <laughs> ever? Yeah. It happens a I'm, lot. I do, I do know what you mean. Yeah. It happens yeah. a lot in like, especially all TV shows as well. Of like, people, I don't understand it. I think they were filling in time, but I don't know why. It's a two hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I, I feel like I was going crazy like because I was also my parents and my parents didn't seem to notice but I was like, I can't believe that we're watching a man just walk across a, a field for two minutes straight. <laughs> it freaked me out. It is weird. I, I've never noticed. I've never picked up on that before. Yeah. I don't know when the change happened but like maybe in the 90s or 2000s where people went, maybe we should just like cut to them get into the place because <laughs> it works. <laughs> 
If someone if someone did that now, they'd be crucified, wouldn't they? Probably. By yeah. You play on the Star Wars show? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That's my entire point. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I say you want to say about that. Yeah. Did you enjoy Italian Job? I did. Yeah, it was a good movie. Definitely. Good. Yeah. Um, I got one I watched not yesterday, the day before, mm-hmm. and it's one that I wanted. I've been curious about for a while. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Controversial movie, kind of. Did you like it? I I did quite enjoy it. Yeah. I I get what a lot of people meant mm-hmm. with the criticism because this is a lot. There's a lot of standing about. There's a lot of driving about. Yeah. For me, um, I I remember that movie working so well because I I never felt in a movie as much as I did in this one where I was like, oh, I'm in Hollywood in the 1960s. Yeah. Like it just it looks like the 60s. It feels just right, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the major things about it. it just feels the world building in it is so it's so good. Yeah. And um, Brad Pitt and DiCaprio are just. I think an all-time great like pairing of actors. I think they are. I was going to say they are both excellent. Yeah, they feel um, like a Frank Sinatra and Bill Cosby sort of thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Both both of them are really the star of the show. And mm-hmm. um, it's just yeah. I guess, I mean, it would be boring. Yeah, it should be. Boring. If it wasn't them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just bounce off each other so well, and honestly. Brad Pitt just staring at stuff. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that would have been entertaining? He would have thought. Did you enjoy the the last, um, the very violent ending? Honestly? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same, same. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I understand why people wouldn't, mm-hmm. but I just... Because you're expecting it, aren't you, as well? I, yeah, it's definitely. It's a Tarantino film. Yeah. You've got to the end. Yeah. It's been actually. I think the the the, the most violence has been throughout the entire film is Brad Pitt throwing a, a slightly racist version of <laughs> Bruce Lee into a car. Yeah, <laughs> that's a weird one. Not 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 the character that says racist things, but the, you know, the way he's presented yeah. the racist. But <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. <laughs> um and. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest. I um, I did find it very amusing when he goes into the shed to get the flamethrower. Yeah, <laughs> that's the perfect setup and pay setup and payoff, isn't it? If it is. Um, I was because I remember watching the movie and like really enjoying it, but I knew that the whole point was changing actual history about um, the Sharon Tate murder. Yeah, and I was like, when, I was kind of wondering how are we meant to do this because I don't think we're even going to get to the house or anything yet. And then when Brad Pitt takes that acid cigarette and gets really high, and then they starts beating the shit out of these people, I was like, oh, right, this makes sense. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> the whole of the aftermath as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it, I just found it incredibly amusing. Yeah. <laughs> like every little bit of dialogue. Every, like yeah. even... Even just a little bit like when they're carrying the like the paramedics are carrying Brad Pitt out of the um, out of the house. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he goes just, oh, here we go. Because <laughs> <laughs> was still high. And it's yeah. Just... I think the the ending, like the actual like last last shot where it says the title card and calls the credits, is very like weirdly heartwarming for a mm-hmm. movie where you've just watched a lot of murders happen in the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Because I was like, oh, that's so sweet and nice. And then I remembered, oh, that guy got his nose broken ten times over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Good movie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and it's really just the, like, the DiCaprio, again, talk about the act, but DiCaprio's delivery. Yeah. When he's explaining to, like, Sharon Tate and her, and her friends what, what happened. Yeah. Which he, I think he says something like, they just got attacked by hippies. Yeah. And then... The guy says, are you all right? And then he says, well, hippies aren't. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a, like, it's three hours long, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's about yeah. two and a half hours. I never, because I was watching it and just not caring what time it was. <laughs> I never say it, it sort of just flies by. It's yeah. like, it's one of those films where, you know, structurally it might not be exactly what you expect, but it's just, it's just very engaging. Yeah. And I think Tarantino... For all his faults and all the criticisms he can have on him, right. and there are people will have many. Yeah, <laughs> but I think he builds tension like no other director. Yeah, definitely. Because it's I can't, I knew that nothing really ultra violent or ultra dramatic happened until right at the end. Yeah, but at the same time, you just the way he the way he directs stuff and the way he writes stuff. Yeah, you're always expecting something to happen. Yeah. You're in the moment and you don't really think about anything else. Mm. Yeah, because I in the, the hateful eight, that's like eight characters in one location, and the entire three-hour movie is ex- extremely tense. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. Like, it's very hard to do that. You know? Right. Oh, have you got? You've got another one? Yeah, I've got a trilogy coming up. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So me and my my friends from home um, decided because one of them hasn't seen these movies, but I. So we had, we had a wide range of opinions because I love them. A friend hates them and this other friend hasn't seen them is indifferent to them. And we watched um, the extended edition of all three Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> and, oh, interesting. Yeah, they're all at least four hours long when they're extended. And, um, I heard a little bit about the extended edition. Yeah, I just, I'd rather watch extended edition if, if, they're, if they're available, you know. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, I, I, never, I watched them and I... I forgot almost how much I like love those movies. Have you seen any of them? I I watched them for the first time about a year ago. Oh, okay. Did you like them? Um, I, I I did enjoy them. Do you not? I, I did. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did enjoy them. Sorry, I did. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> because normally the all-out fantasy stuff isn't quite my. My thing, yeah, same. I have yeah. never, I've never been drawn to Game of Thrones or anything like that. Yeah, I, um, um, I, yeah, I in general don't love like the the wizards and the knights and armor sort of aesthetic. But hmm. I feel again, it's one of those things where like no matter what world you put a character in, if the characters are really good in the story and the plot is really well told, it doesn't really matter like where it is. Like no. Star Wars, if you just change out. Um, Jedi, so wizards. It's essentially Lord of the Rings in some ways. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I watched them all, and I was think I was thinking like these are like miracles of movies that should not exist because oh, they shouldn't. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's incredible what they do. Because like the books, I think are one of those like they're unfilmable, almost unlike writable to begin with books. <laughs> um, and I was I cannot I can't believe that they got away with making free movies. That weren't only three movies; they were four hours long movies that were like put in the cinemas, and yeah. like they are consistently always great. And mm. 
I just I can't explain how there's such a miracle aside from to say that they are a miracle. <laughs> it's like they shouldn't I thought, yeah. they shouldn't exist, but they do and it's great. <laughs> I also find it incredible that one of them won an Oscar. They all won Oscars. Did they all win Oscars? Yeah. The... I, mean, I mean like the best picture Oscar. Yeah, yeah, the third one did. At least. Yeah, third one did. But... I just find that because films like that often they win Oscars like it's like a big blockbuster, it's a blockbuster, a big event film like that, like yeah. Star Wars or a Marvel film. Yeah. Since they never, they never ever nominated for best picture or anything like that. Never, no. It's normally like special effects where they pick up any nominations yeah. or wins. Yeah. But I just find it incredible that a film like that, a fantasy adventure film, got best won picture. Best picture. Yeah. And also, the last one, Return of the King, got the most Oscars ever, still. It's got like Did 11, it? yeah, it's got 11 Oscars or something like that. I think the 11. Wow. Um, and like watching that last film particularly, it deserves it. It really does. Um, mm. And I think it's, it's a testament to how, because I was watching them and we all had this consensus between us, between me and my two friends that I was watching with, that the second one was easily the least best. And I was thinking how the second book and the second movie in any trilogy is the hardest to do. Because you're yeah. not setting up anything and you're not paying off anything. You're just in this weird grey area in the middle where it's, you're just exploring characters and stuff. And there's not really any big changes in the story. Like, you don't begin the Fellowship of the Ring. You don't put the ring in the, in the volcano. It's just walking about and getting to the point. And it's amazing. I always... It's still my least favourite one, the second one. But I always respect it the most at all three of them. Because mm-hmm. it's so fascinating to watch a movie just explore characters for four hours long and just expect your audience to go with it and for the most part yeah. like you just go with it yeah um but the third one yeah. is is incredible it really is mm. i remember what well, i was watching them for the first time i'd ha- i'd seen different parts like different cl- like the same bits you know yeah I'd heard about them, but watching them, and specifically the first one, mm-hmm. I was surprised to see how many of those moments actually came in the first film. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. They're like um, the memes. Yeah, like, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't expect most of the things that happened in the first one to happen in the yeah. first one. My friend made the joke that um, the reason all the memes are at the beginning of the first movie is because no one actually watched them all. <laughs> 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 but, um,. I do. I was thinking as well about it because I I loved those films so much, and I was even after finishing the trilogy, I was thinking about it for like two days straight. And I was thinking, <clears> if someone held the gun to my head and said, "Which trilogy do you want to keep in the universe?" Like out of all the trilogies, even my favorite movie of all time, Spider Man Two, I would pick the Lord of the Rings trilogy over the Spider Man trilogy or even the Star Wars trilogy. I deeply adore those movies so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I certainly get why you think that. Yeah. I I did really like that. I, I just felt that the, the dedication to making them mm-hmm. and the fact that as I was watching them, I was never once taken out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a long film, so you'd expect at least at some point like, maybe lose, yeah. lose a bit of momentum. But you just don't. I, I, I didn't. Yeah. And... The, the world building and everything, it always just seems consistent. The dedication to doing things properly, yeah. like practical effects, actual landscapes. Yeah. 
the scale and dedication with which they approach them is just something that... I mean, the thing about Lord of the Rings as well, the fact that it doesn't feel like a a studio-made blockbuster thing, which I wouldn't... Mm. Even if they were block, like studio made blockbuster feeling things, I wouldn't mind because I would get it. it. You were putting a lot of money into these free movies, and the fact that when I watch those movies, I think, "Oh, these are three four hour long Peter Jackson handmade movies by fans yeah. of the books." is incredible to me, and I, I, I just the and then again like the Hobbit is like a weird thing because the Hobbit is one book into three movies, and it's the more cynical way of making movies it's just a trilogy <laughs> it's a trilogy made to earn money off the success of the last trilogy and it's not even meant to be a trilogy it's meant to be one movie that's maybe two hours long <laughs> and they made three three hour movies out of one very small book and <laughs> um, it's incredible the downfall in that and it's i think it's a good example of why lord of the rings is special and it could have easily been a hobbit situation it really could have been mm. but yeah, they're really good movies. <laughs> yeah, I like them. Yeah. So what's your choice? Oh, my next one. Yeah. Okay, my next one's sort of two films, but I am bundling them together because it's roughly the same topic. Right. I watched two Spike Lee films. Oh, okay. I wa- I've watched uh, Black Klansman. Cool, yeah. And um, The Five Bloods. Oh, right. I haven't seen that one yet. Which is the new one. Yeah. I'll start with Black Klansman. Okay. I've really wanted to watch this for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've never had the chance to watch it. I've wanted to watch it ever, ever since I saw the first trailer, really. Yeah. Because just an intriguing concept. Yeah. Real story. <laughs> yeah, and a real true story. Mm-hmm. I think the last 40 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes of the film mm-hmm. are incredible. Right. There's, there's a bit with, obviously, there's a rather climactic conclusion. Yeah. But there's also the, there's a bit where they have the the KKK ceremony intercut with, um, oh yeah, a Black Lives Matter speech. Yeah, and uh, obviously they go they go from is it obviously Black Lives Matter and they intercut it as well with the KKK saying white power. I think yeah, it's really powerful stuff. Yeah, I'd encourage anyone to watch it. Yeah, all right. But but oh, up but. to that last half an hour. Uh-huh. It's a real slog. Really? Oh. I think it's really slow. Really? I didn't find that at all. Because what what you'd perhaps consider to be, like, the inciting incident, mm-hmm. it, it happens about half an hour in. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah. Good like, he, he, he doesn't see the, the KKK advert mm-hmm. until about half an hour in. Yeah. Which is, is, is fine. Mm-hmm. But I feel like everything... It's probably perhaps the fault on the marketing. All right. It's everything you expected for that to be the entire film. Yeah. I mean, I'm just constantly waiting for it to get going. I remember. I don't. I don't want to dismiss anything that happens in the first like half an hour mm-hmm. because it's still very important. Yeah. But I think. I, I just think that it's really slow to get going. Mm. I um. I think. One of the main like detractors on that movie for me was the trailers because I remember them being they advertised like they advertised it like it was a comedy and only a comedy. <clears throat> when the movie itself is a drama, a very serious, a very very serious drama with comedic elements yeah. every once in a while. Yes, they do. Yeah, they really missold it with the comedy. Yeah, and it is. It's it's a really heavy thing. Yeah, it's uncomfortable to watch. 
where like it is yeah the whole thing i was i i loved the movie but i was just uncomfortable the entire time mm. and that's the it's entire, yeah that's the entire point point of it and if you weren't uncomfortable, yeah. if you're not uncomfortable there's something wrong with you <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it is uncomfortable it's one that i would thoroughly encourage people to watch i think people need to see it yeah how did you feel about the the ending cutting to real life today oh to the um the protests yeah I think in terms of the sort of message of the film, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of it being so blunt. Okay, I Generally, see. I mean. Yeah. So on the nose with, with stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, especially when you've spent an entire film meticulously crafting the message and building it up, building it up, often through, yeah. sometimes through sometimes through more direct means and to have something so blunt at the end yeah. it can almost undermine it I see yeah I see what you mean but in this case I thought it was alright I, I thought it was good I thought it was a good way to end it yeah because I, I um, it got me thinking actually that ending because the ending with like cutting to real life today I remember feeling like a bit off centre about it and like but after a good like five minutes or whatever I'm thinking about I realised that like a lot of movies about this topic end up discovering oh by the end of the movie we fixed racism <laughs> and uh, yeah that's... I think I after after watching Black Clansman I understood fully mm-hmm. the problem on the Black Clansman was beaten to the best picture Oscar by Green Book yeah yeah because Green Book is a, it's a film about racism made by white men yeah and it's, or predominantly white men. And it's a comedy, and it's very light, and it's... <laughs> it's not, yeah. It's like... It's a, it? it's a fine film, but, like, it's not a, anything close to Black Handsman or anything else like that. No, on, it's not. On that topic, it's at least. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I like... I, I think, I think it's, it's bold and it's necessary to have... Yeah. Such a, perhaps, depressing ending. Yeah. <laughs> It took me like I watched. I've watched the movie twice now, and the first time I didn't love it. I found it the same thing. I thought it was very slow and like a bit blunt sometimes. But at the same time, when I watched the second time around, I realized this is a movie made by someone that's very angry and wants to be blunt because they're sick of not being blunt. You know. Mm, and yeah, I, exactly. I really respected that it for that as well, and I found myself constantly engaged the second time around instead of why I was the mm. first time. Because, again, I expected it to be a comedy, and it wasn't a comedy. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, the, and then the, the other one, the newer, the, the Five Bloods, yeah. which is about um, a bunch of former um, black GIs who served in Vietnam. Okay. Going back to Vietnam to find... Um, firstly, to find gold, mm-hmm. the buried but also to bring the body of their former commander back. Oh, okay. Who was killed and they had to bury him. Right. Do you like it? Um, <laughs> again, it's... I like... There are certain parts of Spike Lee films I do really like. Mm-hmm. Like I like that intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it brings a lot of energy um, to it. Because there's, there's a sequence in the five bloods where one of the characters goes off on their own mm-hmm. and they're just hacking through the Vietnamese greenery. <laughs> yeah. And he's giving like a monologue mm-hmm. and it's essentially a monologue about black lives matter and how America sent black people to be killed in Vietnam. Yeah. 
yeah, really, really intense and powerful stuff. What the film's essentially about, yeah. and it's a really powerful monologue, mm-hmm. and it's and it's really intense. But there are also long durations of the film where it's really quite slow. Mm. Okay, is it is it just like a lot of travelling around Vietnam? <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there are there are also like bursts where it's really violent. Mm-hmm. There's one. There's one particular bit which is. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. It's just <laughs> one of the one of the most glorious things I've seen in a long time. Really? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Is it on a level of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or is it worse? <laughs> worse. 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 Oh, okay. Much worse. Okay. It's. Um, <laughs> I think uh, last week we talked about Hellboy. Oh yeah. It's imagine that mm-hmm. done once with practical effects. Oh okay. Okay. Have I you s- ever seen um, Black Hawk Down? Uh oh no I haven't. I know what you, I know what's one you mean but I haven't watched it. Okay. Well there's there's the scene in that that's very similar. Okay. <laughs> right. Wait for, for for this the Five Bloods one. All I'm gonna say is it involves a landmine a landmine okay but okay <laughs> i don't know if i want to ask any more questions about it if you want to go ahead <laughs> um i don't want to <laughs> okay okay was the violence yeah. did the violence feel not necessary or did it feel like it was a part of the story or um i i I get it. I can get why it's there, mm-hmm. and I get the bluntness of it. Similar, similar to the way in which Aliens, the chest bursting scene, is meant to be shocking. Yeah, and it's meant to be the point where everything flips on its head. Mm-hmm. This, this, this particular gory scene again, it, it is right in the middle, mm-hmm. and I think it's supposed to be the turning point as well in this. Yeah. But it perhaps goes a little further than it should do. Okay, I see. <laughs> okay. Like, 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 like the, the moment, the moment can be shocking enough mm-hmm. without a little bit that comes after it. Okay. <laughs> My mind is racing right now. <laughs> I don't, yeah. So, anyway, moving so, on. Yeah. I, was, I don't know. <laughs> Looking for my list now. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I watched the movie. Um that by all means I should have hated and I hate most of these movies but I watched a spoof movie like a modern one oh, no. <laughs> but it's a, it's kind of a good one it's called Not Another Teen Movie and it has um, a very young Chris Evans in it like Captain, okay. America, Captain America and um, yeah. it's okay it's half a really bad movie that I really did not enjoy watching but half, <laughs> it, half of it is like the funniest thing I've ever watched in my life. Because, <laughs> like, some of the jokes are, like, top-tier, like, just smart in general. Some of them are just terrible, but, like, there's good half there that I would call, like, all-time great spoof, like, jokes. But yeah. I think um, Chris Evans playing a young high school jock person is perfect. <laughs> and I forgot that there was, a, like, a good period of his career where he was the jock and, like, the dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he played yeah, quite... Human Torch. He played the character that's famous for being a dickhead <laughs> in comics. And then he became yes, Captain America. 
I know, it's such an old one. Yeah. And now he does, like, really serious dramas. Yeah. Now he's completely switched over. Like yeah, if you compare all his uh, teenage jock roles to Captain America, Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. and... Um, Knives Out. And uh, Knives Out. Yeah. It's just such a, such a gulf. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. And I just found it fascinating to watch him be a really good actor, but point to this corner being this teenage, I don't know, weird thing. Yeah. Mm. That's all I've got to say about that, really. <laughs> yeah. What's on your list? Oh. Uh, what have I got? Um, what am I going to go for? Um... Something I watched from my parents. Again, it's two series, but they're technically the same thing. Okay. Um, Ashes to Ashes and Life on Mars. Oh, I now, see. I said there's the wrong way around. Okay. I said Life on Mars, then Ashes to Ashes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, uh, we watched it for part of our course. Which we watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. Um, and it's basically uh, a modern-day... I'll say modern days now, late 2000s. Okay. A police officer from the late 2000s is in like an accident and is sent back to the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know if it's real, if it's in his head, if he's in a coma, if he's dead. Yeah. And it's really fascinating what it does. It, it continues Nashes to Ashes, but it just it switches main character. Oh, it's a sequel? Yeah, Ashes to Ashes is a sequel. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Mm. So in, in Life on Mars, it's um, John Sim. Mm-hmm. The Master. Who people may know from being the Master <laughs> on Doctor Who. Uh-huh. And then the other one, Ash Tashes, is Keely Hawes. Oh. Who is... The Durrells? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of all the things I thought you were going to say <laughs> that she could have been in. <laughs> I Durrells love the Durrells. It was not... <laughs> Look, it happened every Sunday. It was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen the Durrell, she's um she's in Bodyguard, she's the MP. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, just detecting bodyguard. That would have been a cool thing to say. <laughs> um so yeah. And it's just really fascinating the way the way it plays with sort of history and what happens and the the inner workings of the mind. But the main thing the ending of Life on Mars is very concrete for the character. And I say it's end. It's, it's, it's over. Okay. Okay. It's a very satisfying ending, mm-hmm. but it does leave the door open for Ashes to Ashes in a way. Yeah. Not directly, just sort of indirectly. It makes it possible for there to be another one. Okay. Right. And they explain it at the start of Ashes to Ashes why there's another one. Mm. Okay. The main thing that I admire both these four is that the ending to Ashes to Ashes is just they just go for it. <laughs> okay. It's it's such a huge swing, uh-huh. and it doesn't even really matter if it connects, which it does. Uh-huh. It's a very good ending. Is it just like a lot of different things? <laughs> it's just it's just bold. Okay. Yeah, it's just big. <laughs> it's, just, it's just plot twist after plot twist, really. Oh, okay. It flips everything in it on its head, and very satisfying yeah. ending. Did it? I don't have to spoil it, but do they answer the question in like a concrete way of if he's back in time or is he in a coma or dead? Yeah. They answer the question. Yeah, um in Life on Mars they don't they don't fully answer it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they give sort of like half an answer. Okay. Okay. But the ending twice twice just concretely answers it. Oh, okay. It is it's fairly concrete. Yeah. 
Is it? I point? mean, it's not. They don't spell it out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really weird to describe because they don't spell it out. <laughs> but you but, gather it from their clues. Yeah, okay. you are. You're able to to deduce it. <laughs> All right. It, 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 it's, it's basically, it's probably the, the best example of show, don't tell. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Is it like a Logan yeah. thing where they explain the world through the radio? <laughs> <laughs> they do that a lot. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, so Ashes to Ashes is like the same like plot of a person who wakes up in the 1970s. They wake, well, they wake up in the 80s this time. Oh, okay. They wake up in the 80s and they're in London. Yeah. Which one would yeah. you prefer? Ooh. Um, Ooh. Big question, big question. Is it difficult? Yeah. If I had to pick one... Uh-huh. Pick one. I'd probably pick Ashes to Ashes. Oh, okay. For oh. the ending. Wasn't expecting that. Mm. How many um, seasons did they have? There's three of... Wait... No, there's two of Ash- there's two of Life on Mars, mm-hmm. three of Ashes to Ashes. Okay, so not that many. Mm. Okay, I might watch it then. Mm. <laughs> I've got the time. Yeah. Do you have another one? Um, right. So, oh, okay. I um, so I watched this movie before, but um, I did really like it. But I, I just love. I've had a little marathon of this person's movies recently. Um, I watched mm-hmm. The Watchmen, The Ultimate Cut. Um, this is a movie. <laughs> um, it's, um, okay, how do I describe it to ha- no one has any idea about Watchmen? It's um, it's like a meta version of superhero movies, like a team-up movie. Mm. Um, it's set in a parallel 1970s, 1980s. Um... <laughs> Nixon is the president still for like 20 years. Uh, superheroes are like, I don't know, um, controlled by government. And it's a, a very dark, violent movie that is very much a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> and if you don't know who Zack Snyder is, who's listening, um, he made Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, um, Dawn of the Dead, um, Sucker Punch, and this movie. And I think he's making a new, a new horror movie and Snyder Cut of Justice League. And um, he's got a very, an amazing style of making movies that I've, it's taken me so long to get like around it, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Because yeah. like, um, I watched Watchmen and I liked it when I watched it in 2015 or something like that. And um, I, at the time of Man of Steel, I liked it. And then because the internet told me to, I hated it for a while. <laughs> And then I watched Batman with Superman, and I thought it was okay, and then I hated it because everyone told me to. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, like, I think, like, it was about around the time, around about the time of the Snyder Cut and Justice League in general, I started going back and towards his films and trying to, like, just understand the way he makes them and why he makes them that way. And I realised, once I understood that, to him... Having a, an amazing visual like spectacle is just as powerful and a, a means of a way of getting to an emotional like climax or an emotional like beat. Um, mm. It really unlocks him as like a filmmaker in your mind of like, oh, so instead of like in a usual film you'd have this, but in a kind of film you get this, 
And I think once you adjust your way to him, even if you don't agree with the choices he makes, you can at least appreciate that he's, he's very different from anyone else ever. He is. <laughs> yeah. He's very unique. I think if very much like, like some of the the more drastic visual uh, directors. Yeah. Like, you know his movie when you see one, even if you don't know what's yeah. his name attached to it yet. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, not to get onto that point again, but Justice, Justice League looks awful. <laughs> and it's just a downgrade from, like, I would say it does it has some sort of nomination, Batman v Superman. Like, no matter what you think of that movie, uh, writing-wise, it looks incredible. It does. I yeah. agree with you there, 100%. Yeah. And I, the Watchmen yeah. flower cut was a, the moment where I realised that this is a guy who just doesn't do things normally. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because it's a four-hour movie where there's not really a structure. There's no inciting incident. There's no act one, act two, act three. It's all just... and It's like an act two of a story, but there's no act one or act three until a very small climax at the end. And it's just fascinating to watch someone love doing that. Because that would be incredibly hard for anyone else. So mm. like give someone the idea of you got to make a film where there's no big changes, really, for four hours. <laughs> And um, they would cry. <laughs> but Zack Snyder just, he loves just like having fun with all the characters and exploring themes and ideas in very symbolic and visual ways. And like, if that's not like what you're into, that's completely fine. But I think calling him a bad director is just kind of like narrow minded because he just, he's just different. <laughs> and, yeah, it's very. It's a very striking visual. Like if you if you were to watch a, a Coen Brothers film, you'd know it was Coen Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Because I would and say very similar to that, if you watch a Snyder film, you know it's a Zack Snyder yeah. film. And I would say like a bad director to me, at least, is like one where I I couldn't tell you who's directing it or if they even care about what they're making. Like there are a thousand bad directors out there that are making terrible films that you just don't know are making them. But Zack Snyder, you know his film from like frame one of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the mark of a great director. And the saying, but and the saying that the way he makes the film is just you got almost put all. You, even if you've read like imagine you've read ten books on how to make films. If you watch a Zack Snyder film, you got to put that in like in the somewhere away. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and I yeah, and what's because like Watchmen has an animated short movie inside of it cut up between between like um it's like put into the movie at different points for no reason essentially mm. it's just there because in the comic book it was sort of there and it's a parallel to the actual story and it's all a metaphor like this is a guy who works entirely in the realm of metaphors and symbolism <laughs> and yeah i just find him i found it so interesting going back in this almost like finding like discovering him for the first time almost it was great Good, yeah. Yeah, good guy. I was going to say that um, one of the ones I watched as was Justice League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched it for the first time. Yeah. Did and you? I, I, had, I had the benefit of being able to watch it <laughs> knowing there's going to be a Snyder Cup. Yeah, because um, otherwise it's a, it's a terrible event. <laughs> mm, not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did on some level like Batman, some parts of Batman. Really? Like, obviously, the the bit where he has, he goes full on Whedon. <laughs> yeah. At the end, and he sort of 
starts bumbling and mumbling. Yeah. But there's one scene, there's one scene with Alfred. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, about around the time when they decide to go and get Superman. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of the fact he's made an absolute drastic U-turn and gone from absolutely hating the man. Yeah. To let's bring him back to life. Bring such a big U-turn, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there, there's a moment where he just says that because he wants to bring Superman back because he's better than him. Mm-hmm. And I do like that, and I, I, I do, I do feel like maybe there's a bit of Snyder in that. Yeah, because I think because Snyder's vision of that trilogy, or originally it was maybe five movies, but because of it didn't nobody liked the last two movies, they cut down to three movies. Um, the original idea was. These are like broken versions of the character that we know. So like Superman is not a, he's not like a smiling friend and he's not a perfect human being, but um, mm. mostly because the world hates him for being more powerful than anyone else. <laughs> and yeah. Batman is a murderer and Wonder Woman is in hiding and like stuff like this. And the idea was mm. that by the end of end of the end of his movie plan, they would become the people that we know that they are usually. And it would feel very mm. like rewarding to have, oh, that's why we hated Batman in that movie, because he wasn't Batman yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, and mm. I, I just think, and I think Zack Snyder was going in that direction in the Justice League movie. And I think Joss Whedon hated the last two movies and decided to do a big like sort of U-turn with every character and just not explain it. Whereas I think mm. Snyder's idea was to have like a four-hour movie, literally, of them becoming better people and Batman now likes Superman because of all the things they went through and all that and yeah but I think we didn't just hate the last two movies and, and the studio also hated them and then went okay so that's just it's all everyone's good now everyone's good <laughs> yeah yeah I one of the things I noticed is that I don't know if this is intentional or if it was just me but there's a weird bit of chemistry between uh Batman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. I found it a little bit unusual. Same. I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like anything in that movie. <laughs> um, also, a little from a side note, talking about more violent Batman. Mm-hmm. I love, I don't know if this is still a possibility or if it's gone, but I would love to see Zack Snyder do the alternate Batman where Batman is Thomas Wayne. Yeah, I would love that as well. He even cast so people um, don't know the, the comic. I can't remember the name of the comic room. I think it's Flashpoint. I think it's that one. Is it? Is it, is it Flashpoint? I think so. Yeah. It was. It, uh, the point of it is that everyone knows Batman's origin. Mm-hmm. You know, Bruce Wayne's parents come out of the theater. They go down. They go down the alleyway. Parents get shot. The pearls go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but in the comic, it's different. In that, uh, it's not Bruce Wayne's parents that get shot. It is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And after that, Thomas Wayne, who's his dad, becomes Batman. Yeah. But it's an uber-violent Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Machine guns, knives. Yeah. The cool Batman. <laughs> and also, uh, Martha Wayne becomes Joker. Yeah. And knowing Snyder's style... Snyder's style. Knowing Snyder's style... Yeah. I'd love to see him take that on. Yeah. I I think he's just a, a weird person that when he filmed Bruce Wayne getting murdered in Batman v Superman, he also filmed 
Thomas Wayne and Martha Kent surviving and Bruce Wayne dying. Totally believe that he did that on the day of filming, you know? Because <laughs> like, yeah. he even cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who could play a Batman easily. Like in all the Batman. Yeah, I, I was thinking that. Because Jeffrey Dean Morgan isn't isn't like a nobody actor. No, no, definitely not. He isn't like a, a placeholder. Yeah. It's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. You know who, yeah. Um, and I think, because um, even, I think before Batman was even cast in the movie, like as Ben Affleck, People wanted Jeff- Jeffrey Dean Morgan to be a Batman to begin with, mm. so I think having him there was clearly either a nod or an intentional "we're going to do this at some point" thing. Well, they 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 have worked together before, aren't they? Because he's in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, he's in. Watchmen. He's the comedian. Yeah, I and I I just find it fascinating that Jack Snyder just goes, "Yeah, we're going to do all the comics <laughs> somehow." <laughs> just put all them in. Yeah, I yeah I just love. I just love him. <laughs> Have you seen the um, the way he's like doing a watch through of Batman vs Superman? His commentary mm. during the day where Batman kills all them people. Oh yeah. <laughs> he says he says they're probably fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, do you see that bit as well near the beginning of it where um, he's watching it on some sort of streaming site and it has on it the Rotten Tomatoes thing and it has like twenty eight percent. And Zack Snyder mm. looks at it and goes, well, that's a bit mean. <laughs> that's a bit mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like him. I do just, I just, I just like him. Yeah. Partly because, yeah, I just think he's a... He just seems nice. Yeah. Know? What's your next film? Um, I have a few. Um, I'm going to go for ones I haven't seen before. I'm going to go for Extraction. Oh, okay. I've seen What's this. The... The Chris Hemsworth tries to be John Wick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually quite liked it. I I thought it was okay. <laughs> I didn't. I think that you know the finale is the best part. Yeah, yeah. The the ending of the the, the bit on the bridge is a very good action. It's a very good action set piece. piece. Mm-hmm. I do think it's very well choreographed. Oh yeah, it's. I, you can tell it's been directed by. Someone who's experienced in stunts. Yeah. It's is it Sam Hargrove. Yeah, I think so. I think that's his name, yeah. Um, I think you can tell. I think for an action film, they flesh them out reasonably well. Yeah. I do think if, you, if you're looking for modern action films of this style, mm-hmm. I think John Wick is still the best. Oh, easily, yeah. By, by quite a distance, yeah. mainly because of how well-built the world is. Yeah. How it has a very unique style. Hmm. Very stylized. I did the characters have charisma. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love the movie or anything, but <laughs> it felt very authentic to being like a nineties action movie, like just a simple plot and a simple kind of goal. You know yeah. I mean? And um, but yeah, I just I think I'm really excited for this future we're getting of like just um stunt stunt people making films because I mm, think yeah, I think that's definitely. needed. And I, I hope that in the future though we get better like more complicated stories maybe at the same time um yeah because i think john wick still has the upper hand there of being especially the first movie for having because that first movie has a good half an hour of this being a very slow visual film about a man losing his wife and then the dog (laughs) yeah yeah because i think this film didn't have as much but i still enjoyed it it doesn't. It's not very complicated. It's very straightforward. Yeah. The characters are very straightforward. I mean, there's the, I feel like there's solid motivations, mm-hmm. which it's not the best, but yeah, it's solid. Yeah, They're solid. 
And I mean, that was a nice fight at some point. I remember thinking, I just want this in every movie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've also seen that, apparently, um, Hargrove, Hargrove, whichever one it was, mm-hmm. I'm very sorry. <laughs> uh, he's working on Mandalorian. Is he? Oh. Okay. Not as a director. Not as a director. All stunts. I see. But he's been doing some of the stunts for season two. Ah, okay. Hmm. Which is good. Good. Very right. pleased. Um, I also, I, I also like this sort of on a side note, but obviously extraction is done by um, the Russo brothers' company. Yeah, yeah. I I do really like what the Russos are doing at the moment. Yeah. What? I, I mean, was the, the films that the films they produced haven't been they haven't been amazing. Yeah. Or they haven't been reviewed particularly well, but they do seem to be giving some chances to people that don't usually get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they, they were produced um, 21 Bridges, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I watched that and I enjoyed that one. It was good. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Honestly, I haven't seen yeah. that one. It's a pretty good movie. It's like mm-hmm. a... It's short and it's snappy. And it's, it's Again, it's sort of like a 90s action thriller. Very kind of simple, but it it, it works, yeah. I like mm. I like what they're doing <laughs> in general. Do you have another one? Um, right. I want to have a talk about um, Michael Bay <laughs> and movies. Oh dear. Yeah. Topical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not his moves that he's made, but the sequels to his moves that aren't made by him. And how it's interesting to watch. So, because so, um, Bad Boys 3 and mm. Bumblebee are two movies that are sequels to um, a Michael Bay movie. But. Mm-hmm are made by people that are competent in making movies. <laughs> um, and I think it's interesting to see how much you can gain from taking away a franchise from Michael Bay and getting some... I, but well, I'm going to have another point. <laughs> but but like, what you also kind of lose is a very a manic energy. Because <laughs> Bumblebee is a movie that I did enjoy and I thought it was a good movie. And especially in characters, which has never happened before in Transformers. The characters are always the worst in Transformers. Um, but the action sequences in Bumblebee are very clean and well shot and good. But I never like this thinking, I, I miss the running and screaming and the city getting destroyed. <laughs> you miss it? Was I ne- yeah, I never thought I'd ever say that. But there's something about watching a Transformer getting knocked down in a field. And thinking, oh, but I've seen a Transformer get knocked down into a building ten times now. I don't care about seeing this. Um, and I think this, it's, again, a Bad Boys for Life, the third one. It, I've never cared about the Bad Boys characters, Will Smith and Martin, uh, Martin Lawrence. Martin uh, Freeman? No, not, <laughs> not him. Um, but, but in that movie, I did, I'd cared about They had character arcs, and it was a real story, and it was about the characters, and... There was a third act, a first act, and a second act. <laughs> and, but I remember, during, again, during the action sequences going, oh, but Michael Bay's not doing his thing of making no sense, and I don't find it as fun. <laughs> and it's a, it's a double-edged sword, like, going away from him, because um, you get a good movie, but you also lose a, a weird charm that I, for some <laughs> reason, enjoy, even though I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. What's your opinion of Michael Bay in general? Um, what's well, that's a meaty answer. <laughs> or maybe it's not, maybe it's more simple. Yeah. I think that, like you said, they're just very manic. Yeah. And I think, at first, his style 
it's impressive the manic it's you know it's energetic mm. but i think it wears thin really quickly oh yeah definitely and that, that that's the why i think the first transformers film i do quite like it in a way mm-hmm. it's only two hours I, I long think, <laughs> yeah yeah but it, the fact that the sequels are just more of the same yeah longer and that's it if you are going to do that like i think i've said before I just what I, I want it to be not necessarily meta, mm-hmm. but I want it to be absurd. <laughs> yeah, I, I want it to be outrageous. Yeah, I Lots of, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like yeah. I don't know, it's like various other things. Go big, go home. You know, but it's just sort of they just play it dead, pan. Oh yeah, every time. Yeah, and there's so much product placement as well. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> And there are also so many offensive Transformers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for a movie called Transformers, the Transformers are the worst part every time. I know. They're, they're, <laughs> even though like, they're hundreds of years old and they've been on a different planet and are advanced in every way, they act like children <laughs> in the worst ways. Hmm. Yeah. And who, did, who remembers the, um, the Transformer with two wrecking balls for balls? Oh, God, yeah. Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. Oh my god. There's so many there's so many weird horrible jokes in those movies that make you uncomfortable as a human being. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, I Bumblebee and Bad Boys 3 are easily the best ones in that fra- in their franchises. It's just, mm. it's just I was wondering when watching it that I do enjoy a good not long but like twenty minute Michael Bay explosion. Thing. <laughs> you know similar but on a different level to Zack Snyder um, Michael Bay movie even if you don't like him and I don't you do know his movies from when you see them like you, you know do, yeah. from one frame again <laughs> and with him I respect him less because it's more about just explosions and weird horrible things <laughs> but it's the same thing yeah similar thing do you want to keep going, or do we...? Um, I think I have maybe one more. Okay, okay. Um, I watched uh, what's a film on Netflix called I, Tonya. Oh, I've seen this, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, I liked it. I went I went to quite a few. That, um, there was once upon a time in Hollywood, and there was another one uh, with Margot Robbie in it. So I ordered Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. and the, the reason I thought I'd bring this one up is because... I probably have a new appreciation for the fact that Margot Robbie is incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think any role she takes on is... She, she, she's very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. Um, I've never seen her in a role where I thought that she's just phoning it in. Mm. I always feel like she cares deeply about everything she's doing. Because um, I, I watched an interview around the time of Birds of Prey. And I remember her being so invested in not just Harley Quinn, but just not and not just the movie, but like the characters and their comics and the side characters and the whole team and the producers. And she cared about the entire like project, not just her role yeah. in the project. The um, I think you can you always get that sense from her in anything she does. And I, never, I think I Tonya yeah. as well. I never interview and I never heard her just being so passionate about the entire thing. Um, mm. She clearly like loves her work. You can you can see it in her roles, definitely. Yeah. Did you enjoy the and movie as well? I did. Yeah. I like it's something you don't necessarily see a lot. Yeah. 
But I like the idea of the unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Because there are a lot of things where the character narrates it a little bit mm-hmm. and says that something happened, and then another character comes in and contradicts her. Yeah. So you think that she's lying. Yeah. But then other things happen throughout the film that make you think, is she lying? Or is, is the she... other person lying? Yeah. So um, I, th- I think it's an interesting way to tackle a story where everyone that was involved is telling different things. <laughs> Mm. Like this, like find a way to tell it all, you know. <laughs> it uh, sort of makes helps me. You sort of have to make your own mind up in a way. Yeah. From what from what you, you know and what you believe, and yeah. it's yeah, it's a very dramatic story. With that, I'm out. I think. Really? Okay. That's everything. I'll have a look through mine. Uh, huh? Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji. Yeah, the new one. Which one? The like the new new one, the sequel to the new one. It was good. <laughs> I can't think of much more to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched I watched the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember people saying that it was, it was very good. People enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little, a tad disappointing in places. Mm. Okay. Like I thought, I expected the humour to be a little bit better. Yeah. Same. Like it wasn't. I don't find them very funny. I just find them interesting, kind of. <laughs> mm, I think it carries it because the cast are very good. Yeah. Like, yeah, The Rock and Dwayne Johnson have very good chemistry. Yeah. As They've always. Been a lot Kevin. <laughs> I wrote an essay on um, The Rock and Kevin Hart. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Is it for the stardom thing? Yeah. <laughs> I did The Rock as well. Did you? I did The Rock and Hugh Jackman. No way. Yeah. We both did The Rock for that essay. Yeah. Jeez. Oh my god, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> what did you write about? Just like how he's a Instagram thingy and Twitter and all that. Wow. Media, innit? I wrote about Instagram. <laughs> we might, well, have, might have the same things. Oh god, please don't tell me we're going to plagiarise each other. I'm not even knowing it. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... Oh, anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> Yeah. That's crazy. We wrote the same essay. Yeah. Or half the same essay. Yeah. I think, yeah, but they're fine movies. Jumanji. Yeah, yeah. they're fine. I like Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. I think Karen Gillan's good. Yeah. It's like a, it's a fun time that's not much more than that. <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah, it's just like, it's, a fun, fun, it's an adventure film. Yeah. It's a fun little adventure film. Yeah. I've got nothing else, really. Is that it? We we made it all the way through? Yeah, I mean, I've watched more films, but I just don't think they're very interesting to talk about. Mm. Yeah. No, I've, I, I've got a few more a few more that I have seen, but I thought we've talked a lot about them already. Yeah. I'm done, I guess, for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Is that, I think that's our episode? Yeah, I think so. Our second one of lockdown. <laughs> it is, yeah. going well. How many episodes have we done all together? Uh, I think this is number 17, 18. Oh, okay. Getting along. Oh, God. Um, do you want to do an outro? As we say, yeah. Okay. Do the outro. I say next week, we might have a guest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. Yeah. But good. So be fine. Uh, do we have a topic yet? Uh, not yet. I'm still waiting on just like an opinion on what we're going to have. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah. So... That brings us to a, to a close. Yeah, dramatic close. 
Would you like to? Would you like to see us out? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this has been the Marvel Cinema Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Again, any any audio quality problems? Just let us know on Instagram or anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see you next week at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Goodbye. See ya. Bye.